Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Come on. Bass trigger. What's up, Bates Sticks? Trigger. What up? How we feeling? How's that for a way to start I, I off the was, I was happy as hell when I came in. I'm talking to you. You got depressed in a mother sucker, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, it's sucker, all... Uh, sucker, yeah, I said listen, mother sucker. Yeah, uh, we got to be careful Y'all still here. dump I mean, me? Uh, right. pe- people hear what they want to hear I mean, and then they I, get outraged. I mean, made, I, I just made uh, history. That's the quickest dump in the history of the show. Did you? That's got to be really? the quickest dump ever. That's dumpable? Well, I mean, uh, that I, could I guess. not be dumpable. Uh, well, we uh, we heard we thought we heard something else. Yeah, oh, okay. No, well, hey, you, you did not. Better safe than sorry. I mean, hey, you better dump that. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> that, well, listen, uh, there are uh, you know this day and age, you never know who's going to be offended by what. So, oh, uh, well. so there's all uh, and then all people that going get on. people tend to get famous off of that notion. <laughs> it it is people it, leverage the notion that people get offended very easily these it, days. Is that today? Are you alluding to Jesse Smollett? Is are we waiting until? <laughs> I mean, there's the a couple of them. There was a couple cats that <laughs> made their are. rounds in, in the media uh, yesterday. Th- there definitely are. Uh, so we have got uh, plenty on that, I'm sure. Uh, Lamar, Lamar's mentions are going to be filling up to the brim here uh, I mean, pretty quick. Last time I heard a speech like that, I read it. It was Abe Lincoln g- giving, giving his speech, you know? Jeez. Not as tall, though. Uh, not, not, not quite as tall, no. <laughs> a little, little different. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. It's LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. No Brady Quinn. Uh, it is, uh, he's celebrating an anniversary with his wife, uh, so they are uh, you know out of town uh, enjoying themselves. and um, Enjoy your little brave. Yeah, so screw him, uh, basically is what that means. Uh, he is not here. So LeVar and I will be taking you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we do have the usual shenanigans. Birdo's here. We got Lee DeLapp, who has already made his presence felt uh, during the hallway oh, uh, man. You know, he, he, entrance. He puts together scores yeah, it for, is, uh, for his, his, his flagellants. Yeah, if you, you know? are a uh, if you're a band out there, a marching band, and for whatever reason uh, you've got a trumpet player who can't make it because they've got some sort of an issue, um, Lee's your guy. We got a bear. Uh, He's a bear's guy. You know, we, we'll send him to the bears. You know what I mean? I was like, what is going on out there? Good morning, Vietnam. I'm, I'm supposed to be in the restroom. Not, I mean, what's going on out there? I'm like, what? And he's always got his instrument. You know, that's a great thing. You know, it's always there. About, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, always. Always there. Uh, very impressive. So I mean, we will. Uh, I'm sure he's one of the best snorkelers I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Is, I'll tell you what, that thing uh, has multi-purpose usage. It is something. So, uh, so we are off and running here on a Friday, and uh, we're gonna have a good time. Eddie Garcia is here. So let's see. Brady is not here, but don't worry. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna have uh, you know some laughs, play a little grab bass, and talk about. Hey, what do you know? Another trade in the NFL there, Lavar Arrington. Yeah. This yeah, time on uh, the defensive side, uh, Khalil Mack is gone. The Chicago Bears who made the move to trade for him a couple of years ago with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, then Oakland Raiders. Uh, he is now being going back to the AFC West, so the AFC West lands another superstar. Uh, so the Bears will be trading Khalil Mack reportedly for a second round pick this year and a sixth next year. So an already really good football team. Yeah, and so him and Joey Bosa uh, on the same opposite ends. How's that? Are they going? Did they let Ingram go yet? 
Well, yeah, you remember he, uh, they let he him left go before. My bad. Okay. He went to Pittsburgh. Where did he end up at? Kansas, Kansas City. City. Kansas City. And, and he was a good pickup for Kansas City. Uh, my apologies. Yeah. He played well for Kansas City. I, I, I mean, him and, and and Joey Bosa being opposite sides or the same side is, you know, that's 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 going to be an interesting thing to see. I, you know, as I was just saying this. I don't know if I said this on the show the other day or other week. You did. Where like where did he go? Like it was like he disappeared this past season, he, and, and I know he dealt with. I, I think he has dealt with at times injuries. Yeah, but but largely in part, I mean, he just kind of like there was the conversation: who's better, Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack? Yeah, that's gone. That that hadn't even been a conversation. It had been replaced with with TJ TJ Watt and and Aaron Donald and and Michael Parsons. Uh, but but the idea of it is: is where did he go? He so and and when he went to the Bears in 2018, he had that big splash debut against the Packers on mm-hmm. Sunday Night Football, where he was just dominant. He was all over the place. He had just gotten there um, that year. He finished with 12 and a half sacks. He was, I think, second for Defensive Player of the Year. Like he was awesome. And then that was it. But yeah, and he was a little banged up that year. And then the next year, and the and the Bears, you know, won the division. They went to the playoffs the next year. Uh, they were a 500 team. They weren't as good. They had issues, obviously. At quarterback he was still playing well he just wasn't getting the sack numbers the following year kind of the same thing they went to the playoffs but he was a little banged up again and then last year through the first seven games he had six sacks he was playing well probably the best start to his entire time with the Chicago Bears and then he's been dealing with this foot issue they ended up doing surgery he was done for the year but it was Robert Quinn who was the guy who was the stud he's good Robert Quinn is yeah. good. And so they tried to, you know, throw all this money on the defensive line, thinking they had the offense that was going to be able to to support him and they were going to be able to do great things because of that one year. And it just never turned into what everybody thought it was going to be. And so the big splash move that everybody thought was going to turn into, hey, the Bears are back. They've got this defense. They've got this amazing pass rusher again. Oh, wow. It just it, it didn't amount to what people thought it was, whether it was injuries or lack of support elsewhere. I mean, look, it's not like he didn't have talent on the defense. Akeem Hicks is a stud. Like, Akeem Hicks is good. Quinn got there. He played really well last year. He just couldn't stay healthy, and there were issues after that. So, I I mean. I think when you look at the Bears, when you look at defenders such as a Khalil Mack, they're at their best when they have an offense that can make it a passing passing game i mean the nfl is a passing league now anyway so to to be in a situation in a scenario where you're a pass rusher and that's your specialist your specialty because uh, listen khalil mack can stop the run khalil mack can be a three down three down guy i mean he's shown that he can play play the run he can play the pass i mean he's a three down guy my biggest my biggest question mark here is again when you're as talented and as gifted as Khalil Mack is, the one thing that comes to mind, what what came to mind immediately when I heard about the the trade was, will he be the same? Will he be anywhere remotely near the same type of guy moving forward? And and I don't know that we'll get that answer until we see, you know, see him play. So that would be my trepidation. It's like. When you're a guy and you've been as much of a guy as Khalil Mack has been, 
the sometimes the the biggest the biggest thing the biggest determining factor in all of it is the name right yeah. like maybe his name got traded i don't know if the game is coming along with it and and so but you know that's the interesting part about f- football and sports it's the cool thing about football and sports in general is you know it, it works out somewhere it doesn't work out so much somewhere else it may work out somewhere else after that you know what are they going to be i i'm i'm not certain it sounds good bosa and mac it sounds amazing in theory but is that what we're getting he he's that thir- what we're getting he's 31 all right so you're you're the uh the the pro bowler you're the defender all right so you tell me he's 31 He's coming off multiple seasons in a row dealing with injuries. The most recent cut his season short. He missed the final 10-11 games of last year. And it's not a good trend. No, and, and it just feels like it's starting to to venture down that path, uh, down that path rather. And look, uh, he's the Chargers are going to pay the remaining. He's got three years, sixty something million left on a contract. Uh, the Bears are taking a twenty four million dollar cap hit to to unload him because the Bears are rebuilding. They're trying to get rid of salary, a lot of big time salaries that Ryan Pace threw at that defense, and uh, and their idea and their plan is we're going to build through the draft we feel like we can find some pass rushers on the cheap through the draft uh, that are maybe younger and going to stay healthier I get the move for both teams but I'm with you if this if if you're getting what the trend has been then that's bad yeah and and now you've committed a lot of money to uh, to to now the Chargers have basically turned into what the Bears were committing all that money because Bosa isn't he he's got one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the NFL and now Mac comes in he's still near the top that's a lot of money for a Chargers team and that's a team that's close to getting to where they want to go you know they're close to their goal and that's kind of what I was alluding to in my last point is you do have a much better offense and you got a franchise quarterback yes. coming here to to Los Angeles with the Chargers. So this could be the perfect prescription for Khalil Mack to get his career back on track is having an offense that can put up points and create those opportunities for for pass rushers to to get home, to have those opportunities. So but again, I, I just I've never heard of a guy just disappearing to the level that Khalil Mack disappeared in terms of being in the discussions. I mean, you just we just haven't said his name. It just hasn't been out there. So it's just kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And when you're when you're one of the greats, out of sight, out of mind generally just doesn't it doesn't happen. Yeah, and especially you go to a place like Chicago where it's all about defense. Like they they for whatever reason they can't figure out quarterback they can always figure out like Roquan Smith is one of the best Mm -hmm. most underrated linebackers in the NFL he is awesome and they that was a guy through the draft like they've been able to land players through the draft they've been able to land defensive players and then you bring in Khalil Mack you just assume with all the history they've got this was going to be the guy and he had such a start on national TV in Green Bay, doing what he did against the Packers. Uh, then Rodgers got hurt, uh, you know, left the game for a time. And then I think it was Deshaun Kaiser came in. He was um, one of the most impressive defensive performances you see. And literally, 
that was the peak. (laughs) His first game playing on limited reps because he wasn't really in game shape and he just got there because the trade happened a couple weeks before. And that was it. Like that, like it was all downhill from there and he got paid and, but, uh, but yeah, that whole conversation about him and Aaron Donald, that's gone, right? Oh, it's gone. (laughs) That's not even, they're not even the same stratosphere anymore. So, but, but he has the ability, he, Khalil Mack has the ability to play himself back into the conversation. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that if that ability is still there at 31 cuz that is that's old that's old for a defender. You know, that might not be old for some positions on the field. 31 is old for a defender. Can can I ask you a dorky kind of kind of a geeky you know, surface type uh, question as far as a defender goes. Soldier Field's one of the worst surfaces in the NFL, correct? I don't remember, but okay. I'll go with it. All on right, it. but I've, I've heard that it is a, a bad surface. You know, I played on some horrible surfaces, and the ones I do remember is the Vet, no longer there. Three River Stadium, no longer there. Okay. So there you go. So well, I got plenty of questions about the vet and Three River Stadium okay. uh, because uh, th- that Both that Pennsylvania. that brings me back to uh, you know watching that sort of football growing up, uh, rug burns and uh, yeah. scrapes and guys wearing concrete concrete it, under oh, the, yeah. the, the and that was Astro turf. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of these young cats oh, they don't know about field they they only know field yes. turf. Back then, it was Astro turf where you were probably three, four steps, five steps faster on AstroTurf, but there was concrete under the AstroTurf, and there was no give. It was office carpet. Anybody who's ever been to a giant office building, carpet and just because it was the yeah. easiest thing to clean, uh, you know, you're not gonna, you know, you know, uh, trip on anything. It's just easy, cheap. What, like that's how they were playing NFL games. They were just rolling it out and playing games, and guys were uh, were getting banged yeah. up. Yeah, there's that um, word inertia, you uh, know, and it came into play every time you fell on the ground. Like a lot of those guys wear those strips on their arms, yes. and it's just for looks. Or they wear those leather, those leather arm bands, like with the rubber on the inside, and it's yeah. just for looks. That was a necessity back in the day. You so didn't wear bad. it for the look. You wore it to try to protect and preserve yourself. The rug burns you would get on your legs and your arms after those games. It's so bad. Try taking that post-game shower. Because I, I can even remember like when it would rain at those stadiums. Oh, man. You basically just brought out like a squeegee because yeah. there, was no, there was but no— But you were still going to get the burn. Oh, yeah. Like even it if it matter. was wet, you still going to get them burns. Oh, man, don't you miss those days. Yeah, Illinois had it, too. Illinois had AstroTurf, too. In Champaign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah there was a lot of places back in the day. Yeah. Soldier Field had it— uh, the year the Bears won the Super Bowl, they had uh, yeah. AstroTurf. So, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of – but I just wonder, does going to this new surface, getting out of, you know, Chicago, help Khalil well, Mack as a pass rusher? Yeah, probably a help a little bit. Right, It'd be a little so, bit more forgiving on his body, possibly. But, hey, $60 million he's going to get paid over the next three years. I mean, good for him. I mean, he was going to get it anyway, right? Yeah, there yeah. it is. Well, there you go. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We turn it over to the great John Paul Morosi, Fox Sports Radio, MLB Insider. You see his work on MLB Network. Get him on Twitter at John Morosi. JP, baseball is back. How you feeling and how the hell did we get here? Oh, 
I am feeling great, my friends. Thanks for the invitation to be on the show again. Uh, it is great to be able to wake up and say, hey, I, I wonder where Carlos Correa is going to sign, perhaps as early as today, or Freddie Freeman. It's just, it's, it's therapeutic for all of us. Uh, as, as Eddie mentioned, 99 days, uh, it was a long time, a long wait, a lot of nervousness, uh, a lot of fears that we weren't going to get a deal, but we got it. I think because both sides just realized that yesterday we still had a chance to save 162. The players had gained so much that it was just, uh, for, for me, uh, it was no longer wise for them to reject an offer. It was just that the deal was too good. They got the deal they wanted. Uh, baseball kept the game on the field, and uh, I, just, I cannot wait for spring training to start. JP, how important was getting this deal done? I mean, you know, we talked about all the – the, what we call the fake deadlines and different things that surround these types of, of negotiations. But ultimately, everybody knew that if you don't get something done and, and you have to cancel, like real cancellations, this could have one of the most devastating impacts on the game itself that could possibly not be recoverable. How how evident do did you feel or do you feel that was – playing a part in, in both the owners and the players trying to get to an agreement. Well, LeVar, you're right on. Uh, this, this was a consequential day in the history of baseball, certainly in our lifetimes, because this was a, a very long work stoppage at a time where baseball's place in the American sports consciousness was, was very much under review. <laughs> and we're thinking about uh, on, on this program where, where you guys do such a great job of talking about the, the stories that matter the most to all of us around the country, um, baseball has to keep its home. Baseball has to keep its place on your show, on, on, on this network. We have to make sure that we're talking about great storylines in baseball and the only way to do that is to get the game back on the field and to have a, a delay that, that kept the game away from fans for a while would have been disastrous and we were basically, LeVar, a week away from losing the possibility of, of playing games on the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's debut, which just would have wow. been unacceptable for baseball to not play on Jackie Robinson Day. So uh, there was so much to lose LeVar, and I think by the time we got to this point uh, yesterday, there were enough wins in this deal that both sides said, we have to sign this, we have to move forward with it. And uh, the players set out to say that they wanted to get players paid more and earlier to increase the the competitiveness of of teams at the higher levels, and they did all that. So uh, even though there were certainly plenty of personality conflicts along the way that might have led to uh, the executive subcommittee of the union not supporting this, uh, the, re- the reality is the rank and file did because they saw an increase of more than $100,000 per year in the minimum salary, which is something that impacts a lot more players than, for example, uh, the, the, the qualifying offer system would for free agents. I mean, that, that minimum salary is a huge piece because a lot of players earn something close to it, and, and that was a huge win yesterday for the players. Uh, John Palmarosi joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Fox Sports Radio's MLB Insider. You see his work on MLB Network. Get him on Twitter, at John Mar- it's two pros and a cup of joe here on FSR. Um, what is going to be the big, di- the big differences from what we've seen in baseball previous years on the field, and what we're going to see this year based on what was what has gotten done over the past several uh, couple of weeks here between the MLBPA and then uh, the owners there. 
Yeah, Joan, it's an interesting question because a lot of the topics that we've devoted plenty of time to in, in recent years, the shift, um, the automated strike zone, the, those types of things, the pitch clock, we will not see them in 2022. They're, they're more 2023-type uh, changes. But uh, the one thing that, I, that I've been fond of saying is that uh, on this show, you could have opened up the phone lines for years and said, okay, DH or no DH, how do we feel? And you would have had a three-hour show just based on fan reaction to that. Um, and that was like the 12th story of yesterday. Hey, that we've got universal DH now. The, the pitchers hitting in the NL is gone forever. Uh, that was pretty interesting. And I, I think it's good because it, it gives the players one more high-paying job. They like it. Um, I think the fans appreciate seeing someone like a Nelson Cruz or a David Ortiz in years past uh, part of the game and, and, and having an impact. And also for the players, it expands their, their free agent value. Someone like a Nelson Cruz or a Kyle Schwarber will have more teams pursuing him because of the DH being universal. So I think it's good for the players. I, I, I'll part of my traditionalist ways. I'll, I'll miss the, the pitcher hitting. I'll, I'll miss the ovation the pitchers would get when when you're at home and you're batting in the bottom of the eighth and you've got the lead and you're going for a complete game and the pitcher comes to bat and he gets a big hand because he's going to go back out for the next the next inning. Like, like I love all that stuff. Uh, it's kind of that old timey baseball that that uh, that gives you a little bit of goosebumps. But I, I think it's time to move the game forward. And, and, uh, and to help the players out, and I think the Universal DH will do that. You talked about the salary upage and getting it earlier and trying to make it more competitive. It, it's got to be a, 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 a mad dash, so to speak, to try to get free agents signed and get them to teams. I mean, how, how complicated, how complex is that going to be? Because you can't – I can't assume that they were having these conversations and negotiating during a lockout, agents and, and franchises. Uh, that would seem to be maybe like a, a conflict of interest. How, how, how complex is free agency right now getting guys signed? Is, does this work to any side's advantage more so than the other? You know, it's a great question. Uh, I think LeVar, I really believe, and I think the fact that we didn't see a signing last night um, proved that, that there really was legitimate quiet period, that, that they had left things off at the end of November, and, and now they're back into it. Uh, and so it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I do think Freeman, Freddie Freeman will probably be the first major free agent to sign because his market was pretty clear. I think it's probably Braves, Dodgers, Yankees. And, and so with, with the reporting date now universally on Sunday, because it's not just pitchers and catchers reporting, LeBar, it's everybody, because we've got to get the games going by go. Thursday. Right. So it's, it's going to be rapid, rapid spring trading, my friend. It's going to be wild. Uh, so I, I, I do think we'll start to see deals happen later on today and over the weekend. I, I had an agent tell me last night that it's really busy, uh, which is good. I love hearing that. So it, it's, just, it's an exciting time because we can start imagining where, where teams will go. And and I'm also curious, a major trade piece like a Jose Ramirez from Cleveland, does, does he move in the next couple of days? How does that affect Chris Bryant and Trevor Story, the other infielders in, in that mix? So it's such a unique time. I, I just believe that Freeman will be the first. And then Correa, uh, of course, with a new agent now for him and Scott Boris, uh, do, do they look at uh, the, the contract that, it, that his previous agent uh, had been working with him at WME? He gets a, a $275 million offer over 10 years. Years, uh, from Detroit and turns it down. So that I mean, it's going to have to start uh, the, the the bidding somewhere above that. And I, I do think the Cubs are one team to watch there on Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, it is uh, John Paul Morosi joining us here.
here. Before we let you go, uh, now you just mentioned uh, potentially Carlos Correa going to the Cubs. Now, I'm not trying to bring up old stuff here. This is the last thing I would want to do. JP, you know, I'm, I'm never trying to stir the pot here. So I'm not going to point out that uh, our longstanding relationship here at Fox Sports Radio, when I say you're one of the great guys uh, here uh, within the network that pops on, I actually mean it. Uh, so I would. the last thing I want to do is point out that you picked the Mariners to win the World Series like five years in a row. I'm not going to do that, JP. I'm not here to bring up stuff like that. Uh, you pick right. the Mariners every year. But since we're in the you know the business of making predictions from time to time, you just mentioned Carlos Correa to the Cubs, uh, potentially Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Yankees. Is there another one, a big name out there, you want to call your shot right now and tell everybody, I expect him to sign here? Ooh, this is a good one. I will say Chris Bryant – goes to the Mariners. We just talked about the Mariners. I think the Mariners want to make a big splash. Bryant's from the West Coast, of course, from Vegas. I think Chris Bryant signs with the Seattle Mariners, who are intent on ending the longest playoff drought in North American pro sports. How about that? How about that? Calling a shot, and it was Mariners-related. data. Uh-huh. There you go. And, and by the way, Lavar's alma mater, you know, my, my other favorite sport, hockey, Lavar's alma mater, Penn State, That's right. is in the Big Ten semifinals That's now right. in, in hockey, actually. They've got to play Minnesota. So uh, Penn be a State, tough one. a big upset last weekend, Lavar. So yeah. I'm, I'm all about the, the college hockey this weekend. So they, they've got a huge game tomorrow against Minnesota. How about that? I love it. I love that you're paying attention. You know, Pagula put a whole lot of resources into oh, making yes, sure that, that we could improve that, that their fair program. So shots out to uh, Mr. Pagula, you know, you guys know him as the owner of, of course, Buffalo yeah. uh, franchises, but he is a Penn Stater through and through. And oh. in fact, the place that they play, the arena, is named the Pagula, the Pagula uh, Ice Center, I believe. It is. Yeah, and yeah. I hear it's one of the best it's college hockey nice. venues in the country. Be it's fitting, nice. LeVar. You're a great university, my friend. Indeed. Thank you very much. I appreciate Look the Look at that. Out. And coming yeah, from you know. a guy who lives in Ann Arbor, John Pomerosi. I mean, how about that? How like, about just that? when you think Michigan and Penn State can't get along, JP um, drops some no, love we here. We can be cordial. We can be cordial and courteous to one another. It's, uh, it's you know, it's rules of engagement. Uh, JP, uh, you are the best. <laughs> uh, congrats. Baseball is back. Uh, hockey's heating up. Jim Harbaugh is back in Ann Arbor with the Michigan Wolverines. It is a Amen. good time. Uh, and, uh, of course, defending Euro Cup champs, uh, the Italian That's soccer That's right, team. the Azzurri. So. Well, hey, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks you for too. the great conversation today and the invitation to be on the show. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. He's All awesome. Right. Get him on Twitter, at John Morosi uh, there on Twitter. So how about that? Let's Base- go! Baseball's back. Yeah. Yeah. Look, let's go. People could say whatever they want about baseball. Well, is it is it legal to say Cracker Jack still? Can you still say Cracker Jack? Can you say Cracker Jack? Yeah. Well, okay. I can say it. I don't know if you can say. Oh, uh, yeah, that is yeah. very true. How does that feel? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta call them Cracker Jacks. <laughs> You can't put the ER on I'm there. It makes it horrible. There. It makes I, it horribly wrong. I, I, you know? I, I, Come on, say it with me. Say Cracker Jacks. I don't want to. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is too. How pros. did that feel to you, huh? <laughs> huh? Put it on you now, huh? How did that feel? Uh, who's he talking to? <laughs> Yo, Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real... 
I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever you get your podcast from. I love the fact that the Nets went into Philly, dropped a hammer on them, stomped a mud hole in them, and KD went straight for Embiid's neck. Oh, yes. I got to tell you. It's awesome. The reason why that's so amazing is, one, they thumbed their finger at at James Harden, for one. That, That was a slight. And then, two, for all of the harassment, that Ben Simmons went through being there, KD went at the main dude on Philly. They went at Philly like this was a like it was a playoff championship round game, which says to me their buy-in of Ben Simmons is real. It's not for fake. And the other players that are on the roster that came over from Philadelphia that probably weren't there long enough for it to to really matter. But their approach to that game last night says to me that the support of Ben Simmons is real. It kind of separated Ben Simmons from the whole, the whole deal in the sense that they took the weight of that game on their shoulders and, and took it to the Sixers I liked what they did, and I think that's going to go a long way for the for the aspects of what Ben Simmons' mindset is moving forward. Yeah, because he's actually like they rallied around his situation. Indeed, and and he's Indeed. never he hasn't played a game with them yet, and they rallied around him. And in fact, I would say he probably got more support from his team than he really got in Philly because him and Joel Embiid didn't get along. I mean, that was documented for a long time. And we know what the situation was like between the fans and and uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, they wrapped a urinal with his jersey last night. Uh, they were, you know, booing him. Towards the end of the game, a loose ball went towards the bench. Ben Simmons bent over and picked it up and got booed. Like, yeah. like got booed because if you understand Philly fans, you know Philly fans are just—they're known for how they are. They're insane. They are. They're—they're they're the worst football fans in all the National Football League. They are the <laughs> worst fans. They are the worst. If they're—if you had to give out an award for worst fans ever. They are number one on okay. the list, hands by far, far in a way. It's not even up for debate. You spent your entire career in the NFC East. Yes. Uh, give me an example of how bad Philly fans are. Well, well, so so here's the thing, right? Like at Penn State, which is interesting because Saturdays, Philly fans are Penn State fans as well. Pittsburgh fans are, are, are Penn State fans. And then on Sundays, you go to your hometown and you become rivals, right? We don't like Philly. Philly doesn't like Pittsburgh, West versus East. So the point is, at Penn State, when the game is over and the team is in their, their buses going back to the airport, you know what Penn State people do? Wow. They wave. They say, you know, take care, goodbye. You know, like, not waving like as in, like, goodbye like waving like bye like you know like real fans like bye guys like safe travels like courtesy pulling up or leaving in philadelphia you will see every single privacy body part 
being used by the fans to do whatever it is they I don't know I don't <laughs> I don't think it's to intimidate but I I certainly don't think that it is to distract and be uh provocative either I really don't know what the thought process behind being a woman and pulling your pants down lower than your kneecaps <laughs> like Full show. All, all the way? All the way show. Wow. Like, all the way show. For free. If that's what you want to call it. I mean, I would have paid to to please don't pull them down. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah, please don't please don't pull them down. <laughs> and, it, and it's just person by person. Like, just droves of people. You're driving into the, to the stadium. That's out. Then you got top out. Then you got middle fingers. Then you got people spitting. Then you got, you name it. It is, uh, it, it goes like sometimes fandom, like you'll describe a fan base and it, it's kind of like, like they're gritty or they're, they're hardcore or they're loud or whatever it is. You don't find yourself very often using words like despicable, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's just like you can say maybe it's offensive or de- my experiences with Philly fans, Philly football fans, despicable. Like uh, that that's like the only way you can explain it. This this ought to tell you everything you need to know about just specifically Eagles fans, but it runs the entire city. I mean, look, the Flyers. Bruh, they they take the, you to trial. The Flyers, Pens in the in the playoffs, and you and I are Penguins fans. Yep. Flyers versus Penguins in the playoffs is nasty. I mean, it is, and those fans eat that stuff up. And yeah. they haven't won a cup in years and years and years, but they eat that stuff up. And Philly fans, I mean, you know, at their World Series parade, you had, um, was it Chase Utley who who dropped an F-bomb, you know, celebrating a World Series. Like, it just that's how that city is. But this other tell you... Then, then the football player yeah, did it too. Yeah, uh, which one? The Kelsey. Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey did it. Who announced he's coming back, by the way. And by the way, Kelly, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll be in the Hall of Fame one day uh, for, the, uh, for the Eagles, the center for the uh, Jason Kelsey. Him and his and his brother mm-hmm. and tra- him and Travis are going to be hall of famers. Yep. But this ought to tell you everything you need to know about Eagle fans. The best moment in the history of the franchise, they finally won a super bowl and they had to grease down. Yeah. Go ahead. Go they, ahead. They, they greased down the poles downtown to try and deter Eagle fans from climbing them. And that's not even the worst part. The worst part was they punched a police horse and, <laughs> and number two, <laughs> A guy in a Randall Cunningham jersey bent over and ate crap off the sidewalk. Horse crap, Horse crap. off okay, the sidewalk. Make sure you clear okay, that. Like, and, and that's the best day of their lives. <laughs> like, I, mean, like, I don't know if they still do it, but they were doing preliminary hearings in the stadiums. They had holding sales yeah. in the stadium, people. like So while, oh while you're thinking God. we're piling on Philadelphia Eagles fans, <laughs> clearly Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, understood that oh, they get man. it in at the games, too. They, were, they had a judge and holding sales in the stadium. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I I, I I I like that they have that reputation. I, I think it's hilarious. And look, it's not just to say that this is only Philly fans because no. I, I went to fans are there can be some really, really bad fans. Amen. I've just never found myself saying 
That's despicable. Okay, I went to the Bears-Saints NFC Championship game in January of 2007, and I swear to God, there was a there were a couple of fans holding up signs. All right, the first sign was this was when Reggie Bush was a member of the Saints. I think he was a rookie that year, and there was a Bears fan that was holding up a sign, not even in his seat, in the walkways so that people could see it as they passed through by the bathrooms, <laughs> holding up a sign that said, your bush stinks. Ooh. Okay? There was that. Ooh. And then there was another fan holding up a sign that said, today the Bears finish what Katrina started. Wow. I mean, that's not very tasteful. Not at all. Like, but the, yeah. but that. Uh, so when you see what Ben Simmons got in Philadelphia, or how it's not just that it's that it's Philly fans. Uh, this happens in a lot of places, especially when people are fired up yeah, about but games. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to, to downplay it. Philly fans are the worst. You don't have to downplay <laughs> it. I, I, and I, listen, I claim them. As Penn Staters, I claim the Penn State oh, portion man. of the despicable fans. Just, I, I really do. Just, but outside of the, the Penn State contingency of that despicable fan base, uh, I don't claim that. Like it, I, they, I mean, I mean, and again, they, they they're proud of it. They're proud of that. It's just, I mean, when we were riding through, it, it is it is burnt in my memory what those fans along that strip. <laughs> Into the stadium. <laughs> what did you see? And that was back when the Rocky, the Rocky statue was in front of the vet as well. So we're driving. You see the Rocky. You're like, oh, look at Rocky. And then you see somebody, you know, frontal on you, and and it's like, you know, they're they're <laughs> they're wagging at you. Like, what do you mean? Well, you work it out. A little jump rope. A man wagging okay. wagging his tail at you, but it wasn't his tail. You know what I mean? If you know what I mean. So, hel- helicopter landing. I just could right. not. I just can't. I, I could not. <laughs> being new to the league, being being a, a professional at the point in time that these things happen, I could not comprehend oh, the things that I was I was seeing on our approach to the stadium. Just, like just just imagine uh, a a championship star fan base. They finally get their first Super Bowl. You got to grease and, down the and, lamp. And how do you ce- how, do, how do you celebrate? You bend over and eat horse crap off the sidewalk. Like I, I remember the one game. I remember the one game. We beat them to get into we beat them to get into the playoffs. And when we took the lead, one of the fans threw an entire an entire thing of beer on Clinton Portis's mom. <laughs> like it was an all-out brawl that ensued after that. Why would that? you? Why would you throw? Like it's known. It's widely known. Like when when my wife and family, because she's from South Jersey. Which if you're from South Jersey, they claim Philadelphia. <laughs> that's their side. Their that's their side of oh, it. Right. Man. North Jersey is New York. South Jersey is Philly. And they were going to the game and sitting in the stands and had to hide their jerseys. They were telling them and advising them to hide your jersey because they pick out and they seek out fans that wear the other team's jerseys. So they saw Clinton's mom with the – I think it had Portis's mom on the back of the jersey with his number. And when we were pulling out that game, they threw bear on her. And all I can remember when we were going off of the field – was there was just this big brawl in the middle of the back of the field. I see Clinton running over there. So we're all running over there. And come to find out, they they were like literally pouring beer 
on his mom. It's unbelievable. That's despicable. Yeah, like I, I don't, that's despicable. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, so Ben Simmons, you are not alone. Yeah, uh, you Ben. Are not alone. Like, be happy that they didn't do anything worse than put you in a, a commode. You know, a stand up uh, urinal. Uh, it's good. His jersey. We should point out. You're good. Not, not actually Ben Simmons. Well, it was him. It's like, his jersey. He didn't get it. He didn't his get his name. His likeness. Yeah, you know? He didn't get a swirly or anything. Ew. By the way, what do you think about? Two pros and a cup of Joe urinal cakes. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I wouldn't knows. like it. I mean, it's great it's promotion. Great. Come on. I, I mean, it's good promotion. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for the wall, though. Maybe like where your hand goes, like, you know, or right where the eye line is. But yeah. I, I just don't like, I can't get behind cake, like wow. urinal cake. Like wow. that, 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 that's just not on my list of cakes I like. All right. So. Well, we, we know about your top five. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I, yeah. cherry was left out. People were really bothered by I'm that. I'm not into cherry. Uh, by the not way, into I, it. Uh, you did your, uh, so if you're wondering, we did the uh, LeVar's uh, Pie Vibes, his top five pies yep. uh, ranked because he had a coconut cream yesterday. Me. Y'all not going to well, shame me saying, out of my top five. Uh, a guy wrote in and said, um, tell LeVar respectfully that apple crumble is known as a Dutch apple pie. All right, go so, with it. I'm just, I'm just saying. I've read apple crumble when true, I got yeah. it, but we yeah. could go with Dutch. I still don't know what a bean pie is. I'm not I'm mad no at idea. it. Well, there you go. No idea what a bean pie is. We're going to find one. Yeah, so let's leave that alone. You got to find them. Um, it is uh, two pros. You can only get them in certain places. <laughs> and a cup of Joe. That's true. Limited offerings. That, that is true. Yeah, um, by the way, we are brought I mean, to you it's by beans. Discover. It's a musical fruit. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 